And you're back with us, Big Life Conversation with Barbara and Nicole. It is 25 minutes past four o'clock. Just hearing a little tune, uh, Elton John and Britney Spears number that's getting a uh, good run at the moment, Hold Me Closer. So uh, a new one, not a new song, but a new tune. A new version, yeah. <laughs> a new version of it, which is quite boppy. Good way to reinvent yourself and, and keep is. current. So um, quite a, like a that one. <laughs> uh, and it was quite a uh, one in the background when I was having my Trini photo done. Yes. On Saturday. <laughs> You're going to be um, high from that for a while. I know, I know. Do, do you think? I think my <laughs> husband thinks away. I'm quite mad, at, you know, because I've got a bit of a girl crush. I've been fangirling about her since she's been in Australia and they did have their um, – Fifth anniversary of Trini London, their makeup brand. Yeah, so so that's where mm. that is what they were uh, celebrating on Saturday night. So anyway, back in the UK now. However, two other things, more shovel related, which is usually <laughs> satirical politics. Yes. Uh, I thought I'd share this one with y'all. Uh, this one is titled Conservative Party to Progress replace PM using little-known 60-day return policy. (laughs) The UK Conservative Party has made use of an obscure law created in 1741 that allows members of Parliament to return to a non-functioning Prime Minister for a full refund, provided they have not been in use for more than 60 days. (laughs) Conservatives were keen to make use of the no-questions-asked policy, saying it allowed them to pretend they had never chosen Liz Truss. It's like when you buy a piece of new clothing that looks great in the shop and then you get it home and you realise you've made a mistake. (laughs) It looks ridiculous. It doesn't fit with anything and it's not at all what you remembered. That's what's happened with Liz Trust. We'll just return her and pretend it never happened, a spokesperson said. She's technically been in power for 45 days, but apart from thoroughly breaking the country, you wouldn't even know she's been Prime Minister. (laughs) Under the 18th century law, a party member must simply take the unused Prime Minister to a special room in the Houses of Parliament, knock 11 times with a black and gold rod and then leave the building wearing a red pinafore while reciting Shakespeare's seventh sonnet. Boom, boom. I thought that was very funny. It was very funny, but it's bizarre. But anyway, what would have been, would have been even more bizarre is if um, Boris Johnson was going to return. But for oh, Pally's, my goodness. He's pulled out of the, the, uh, the race. Yes. Um, yeah. So, how, um, how fortunate for the UK. <laughs> the Bring Boris Back movement. I don't know how many people mm. are supporting that. But anyway, apparently there was the old one, and I do stress the word odd. <laughs> there is mm. a few odd ones around, and he was certainly one of those. <laughs> of all the prime ministers, he yes. was one of them. A colourful character, which can be a euphemism <laughs> for something else which you won't go into on it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So the, I love the shovel's take on, on politics. And there is a lot of fodder around still. Still, exactly uh, around with our budget uh, ourselves to uh, come for us coming being handed down tomorrow in our, in our country. So I'm sure there'll be some mm. more commentary around that for us Indeed. next week. And of course, the shovel. Speaking of the shovel, they have got their war on 2022 show coming up, haven't they? They do. Nicole? They do. And we went last year and we loved we it. Did. It, uh, was it is a very good show. I think it's Saturday, the third of December at the Athenaeum, if my memory serves me correctly. It is uh, chaser.com.au. You can get 
down there and book your tickets. Mm. Um, some of the biggest names in Australian satire are coming to take you on a dazzling journey <laughs> through the most ridiculous, tumultuous and flat-out frightening year since 2021. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Um, so James Schofield, founder of The Shovel, Charles Firth, co-founder of The Chaser and director of Chaser Digital – and Mark Humphreys, the tall guy who does the satirical sketches on the ABC's 7.30, are joined for the first time by the outrageously talented musical comedian Gabby Bolt, uh, Best Newcomer Sydney Comedy Festival, oh, uh, Best of the Week Adelaide Fringe, and winner of the 2021 Moosehead Award Melbourne Comedy oh, Festival. Wow. So, yes, they've got um, Book Now. If you're in Melbourne, it is the Athenaeum Theatre, Saturday the 3rd of December. Uh, looking, it is sold out. Oh, really? Already? So, I wonder if they'll bring on another show. There you go. Well, fingers crossed I was going to say be quick because that, that, there's only the one. Adelaide, anyway. Wollongong, Canberra, Gold Coast, Brisbane, oh, goodness Newcastle me. and Central Coast still have tickets. But if you're Melbourne, Hobart, Sydney or Perth, oh, dear. you may have missed out. Well, let's so, keep our fingers crossed for another show. Sometimes due to popular demand, they do that. We would like that. We would very much that like that. You can also hang out for cancellations, I guess. We can yes. do that too because we love listening to them. We they do indeed. fabulous uh, and we quite like that as well. Uh, it is coming up to uh, very close to 4.30 and we're going to be hearing from our wonderful guest, Marina Pryor, who's given up some time to talk to us about her New Year's Eve show uh, very shortly. So we may go to a tune and uh, come back with Marina. How exciting. It is indeed. Uh, this one is called Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Quite like this one. And that was Heat Waves by Glass Animals. You're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. And we have our first wonderful guest for the show. We have the wonderful Marina Pry, who has agreed to join us and spend some of her very sought-after time talking to us about her new show coming up for New Year's Eve. Welcome to the show, Marina. Thank you. Lovely to have you here. Hi, Marina. It's Barbara here, and I just want to get hi, in, Barbara. Just want to get in early and say happy birthday for last week, if oh, I may. Oh, thank you. Oh, happy thank birthday. You. I had a great birthday. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear it. So you should have another lovely Libran in our midst. I'm a bit of a fan yes. of Librans. Yes, they are. We're very well balanced, aren't we? Oh, Apparently, there <laughs> when, you you, go. when you're not, we know about it, don't we? <laughs> but just um, so pleased you could join us, and um, you're actually in Adelaide at the moment. Is that right? You're involved in that wonderful nine to five production that I saw in Melbourne a while ago. Yes. Yes. Um, although uh, I have I've quickly flown down to Melbourne to do some promotion for New Year's Eve, uh, which of course is happening at Hamer Hall. But yeah, I'm in the midst of uh, doing Nine to Five, the Dolly Parton musical. We've been yes. doing it since January. Oh wow! Uh, and we're in the last few weeks now, so it's, we've had a fantastic run out of it. But, you know. Um, that's I'll a be, great season. A little bit of a rest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> must be awesome. I was going to say, it's, it's a great show. And um, I heard you talking earlier on here uh, on another radio station and um, you are just sort of saying, um, even though it's uh, set in the uh, around the 80s, it's still very relevant today in terms of women's role in the workforce and how some things well, haven't changed for the better yet. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, the, the equal pay for men and women for equal work still to this day. In fact, I feel I, a couple of weeks ago it was announced I think that it's become worse, uh, not better. Yes, I did hear that uh, somewhere, I'm afraid. Yes, this year. So it's quite, 
quite extraordinary that we're doing this sort of, you know, uh, historical piece, I guess, from, you know, 40 years ago. And, uh, you know, the things that we joke about in the show are still in existence mm, today. Exactly. If you don't laugh, you would cry sort of thing, I think, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> look, sometimes that's when, you know, humour uh, and music can be a really palatable way to kind of just make people think, but that it's not in a sort of lecturing way. Exactly. You know, it's sort of fun, but people then it opens up conversation. Indeed. It does. We certainly need more, don't we? Yeah. Exactly. So we're going to ask you now about um, when you finally get a chance to catch your breath, you're going to be involved with this uh, fantastic sounding New Year's Eve concert, or two concerts, in fact, at Hamer Hall. Oh, yeah. With with, uh, Mark Vincent and. and our friend of the show, John Foreman, he's been a guest on the show before. He, did, he was here for the Mother's Day concert. He was chatting to us about that. Ah, yeah, mm. yeah. Look, um, uh, both incredible artists. And look, John, John is a, a very dear, long-standing friend. Um, we sort of worked together on so many things, like New Year's Eve and uh, Carol's by Candlelight. Of course, and, yes. You know, decades now together. <laughs> um, but it's just so wonderful to think that after two years of things not quite coming back, mm. you know, or coming back with conditions on them, yes. I guess, yes. that it's going to be so lovely for, for Melbourne to be able to celebrate in real style and do New Year's Eve. And I think, like, there's something about a huge orchestral concert, like an, a gala evening, that is just really magical and, and really special. So I'm really, I'm so excited to be part of it. Yes, we'll be looking forward to it. Now, you're going to be accompanied by a 60-piece orchestra, I can believe. Yeah. Wow. And, and um, yeah. Mr. Mm. Mark Vincent, whom I think I've actually chatted yeah. to in the past before, so you're in, you're in fine company. Can you oh, tell us? he's amazing. He is. He's lovely. Brilliant. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about what people can expect or are there some surprises yeah. you want to keep up your sleeve? Or? Oh, look, there's, there's, there, there's always some unexpected things thrown in, but basically it's going to be a huge, uh, uh, you know, lavish sounds like an old-fashioned word, but I think it's a really lavish evening. Um, we've got the full Australian Pops Orchestra, we've got dancers, uh, we're at the iconic Hamer Hall, which yes. is such a magnificent venue, yes. right there on the water, on the Yarra. Beautiful. And um, uh, we're going to be doing, like, music theatre, we're going to be doing pop. Uh, we're going to be doing classical, classical crossover, that sort of thing. A bit of opera at all? Yeah, yeah, we'll be doing, we're doing some stuff from La Traviata. Oh, and, uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing, I guess, you know, New Year's Eve is, uh, I think, a time to, at a night like this, to do absolute crowd favourites. Yes. You know, we're not there to be esoteric. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Something for everyone, literally. Yeah, yes. so we're doing, like, Phantom of the Opera, we're doing stuff from Les Miserables, um, all those sort of real sort of hits, favourite hits, and then the orchestra do their, all the famous, the Destiny marches and all that sort of thing, the Blue Danube and you know, all those beautiful classics. So it's quite lovely because I think it's, you know, you can, it's something you can bring your kids along to, yes. you can bring your elderly parents along to, exactly. you can go to yourself. It's sort of like a, it's sort of a cross the ages type ticket. I Indeed. Think. Yeah, multi-generational appeal, as they say. Yeah. Um, and I was going to ask you, actually, um, speaking of you mentioned Phantom of the Opera, of course, um, you know it's coming back to Melbourne, don't you? I know. <laughs> How exciting. It was in 
Sydney at the moment, I think. That's yeah. right. And you were in that production, or not this production, but you were in that um, a production of that. Was it for three years you were performing that role of Christine? Yeah, I did the original wow. Australian production. So that was, gosh. Uh, yes, I remember that. 1991. You were just a baby at the time. I think that's when <laughs> I, I saw you, child. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I must have been. I'm still here doing it. I'm still doing it. Doing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, and it was because it's a beautiful production. It is. Um, I saw it, um, it's actually had two productions that have just been remounted. There's this one going into the theatres, and I saw one in Sydney that was actually done on a floating stage on the harbour. Oh, wow. Um, that sounds in, impressive. In February, and it was magnificent, really beautiful. Quite amazing. So quite, it's fantastic to see, see it get, you know, new life. And ironically, there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, I've got some friends children that are now in the show which is oh really feel five thousand years old <laughs> but that's yeah. nice to continue the tradition though so it oh, is absolutely it's fantastic yeah very exciting and i was actually going to ask you a little bit about um your background because of course we know not so many of us know you from um your wonderful work with phantom and um with mm-hmm. pirates of penzance and so on and so forth but did i hear some story originally i mean you were at the victorian college of the arts uh, you were studying music and singing is that right I was at Melbourne, actually. At Melbourne, okay. Yeah. And yeah, Melbourne. Did, did I hear that you actually used to busk outside a certain department store uh, yeah. to supplement your, your meagre student income or whatever? <laughs> yeah, that was my student income. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yes, I used to, uh, you know, like everyone at Melbourne Uni, just about, I was living in a share household with, oh, yes. you know, a whole lot of other poor students. And um, we, I used to go and busk outside the uh, double doors of Maya <laughs> in the Burke Street Mall. And, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, it was my, I loved performing. And, I, you know, as a student, you get a bit of a chance, but not that much. Mm, mm, and I was exactly. really hungry to just do it. I was so And just hungry. Yes. And I was hungry, yeah. Um, I could always go home to mum and dad. No, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to paint the wrong picture that I want to paint on the I used to, yeah, I used to busk uh, every Thursday, Friday night in the city, and uh, it was very lucrative. <laughs> Good for you. Well, obviously, people could pick the talent, couldn't they? The passers-by, you must have had something well, there. They, they yeah, could have noticed. You know, I, did, I did pretty well. I did pretty well. And I think that, you know, the amazing thing is that it taught you, well, it taught me stagecraft in yes. a really raw and immediate way because the minute exactly. I dropped my energy or sang the wrong song or did something <laughs> that didn't appeal to people, well, the audience hadn't paid for a ticket, so they just walked away. They just <laughs> left. You know, so yeah. I with their feet. Yes. Oh. Yeah, so exactly. So I learned through sort of, you know, it was a very direct cause and effect thing where I, you know, I thought, okay, well, this, this keeps them interested. I'll do this, you know. So it was actually... I loved it. That's fantastic. Really loved it. And it obviously helps you think to think on your feet if something untoward does happen in a production too, if you can quickly, you know, go to a bit of impro and, and sort of cover your tracks yeah. or whatever. That well, does... look, you have to. Mm. Yeah, the, the thing about live theatre, live performance, is things go wrong all the time. Yes, yeah. sometimes yeah. the audience may not know, some, but no, the performers know. they have know. no idea what's going on. <laughs> they have no idea. And, and so, you know, you just have to... You have to keep going. You have to keep inventing. You have to make mm. everything look like you did it on purpose. <laughs> yes. Hey, Marina, I've got a little question to ask, and it's more yes. related to my family upbringing, which was in yes. Mount Waverley. Oh, yes. And my mum claims that she played tennis with your mum. Now, I don't know Highly if this is fact or like- fiction. Oh, wow. 
at the at the Tally Ho Tennis Club. <laughs> Tally Ho. <laughs> well, look, my mum played uh, Midweek Ladies. Yes, and that would be uh, my mum. On a Wednesday, I think it was. <laughs> yes. Wow, how amazing! Um, so it yeah, may have occurred. She, she played for Bennett's Wood. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Yes. So it's highly likely. She was a very likable lady. So she was always she made friends everywhere she went. So yes, I believe if, if so. If mum's opponent, she probably ended up being a good mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, we spent time at Bennett's Wood as well. So it may. So her 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 little tale may be true. So I she she just it, mentioned you know that one. I'm pretty sure it is. It is. What a great story. Small world, small little world <laughs> there is, it is. Wonderful it? connection. I was going to actually ask you, Marina, too, um, in terms of all your, your mother's obviously, it sounds like she was quite sporty, but did you actually grow up in, in a family that, that was also quite artistic and creative or did you sort yeah. of diverge? Yeah, so uh, she was She was a really, both of my parents were really good tennis players. Oh, okay. But, um, <laughs> but uh, she also was a singer, as was my father. And oh, they wow. Used to do, they used to do amateur uh, they were in the uh, like amateur operatic societies oh, yes. and things like that, yes. and uh, there was so. Much, and my grandmother was a, a singer, and my great aunt was a oh, gosh. performer. It's so in the genes, it is in the yeah. genes, absolutely. Of, a lot of music, a lot of music in our family, and I grew up with a great love and appreciation of music, and I was taken to see things. I remember as yes. a really little girl, my mum took me to see the wonderful jazz singer Cleo Lane. Oh, yes. Um, my grandmother yeah. was a big fan of hers, my late grandmother. Yeah, yes. She was extraordinary. She was really terrific. And um, so, yes, I uh, I was always taken to things. Always, I went to see operas. I went to see oh, the ballet. Wonderful. I saw theatre. So, mm. um, and there was always singing at our house. Like we used to sort of, um, you know, on a, after a family dinner, we'd all sit around and Thing, which is actually a tradition that's carried on now with my kids. Oh, like, that's lovely. Oh, often, beautiful. like, we all have a jam session. My kids <laughs> oh, how and we all sort of, someone, sort of, we've got one that plays piano, one that plays guitar, and everyone sings. And what a fun. good idea. It <laughs> is. Yeah, and it is yeah. so, much pref- so much more preferable to some things that can happen after family dinners, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, like fighting. You see, if, we, if you're singing in harmony, you, yes, you can't fight. No. Exactly. You cannot. <laughs> yes, you're spot on. And also, um, as you know, singing can actually elevate your mood, can't it? I mean, oh, to, to hear it yeah. and to actually produce the, the sound yourself. Absolutely. And there is also something amazing about singing with when you make music with other people, yes. I think that's why I love musical theatre because mm. it's a collaborative experience. Yes. But even, you know, like the uh, New Year's Eve concert, to be able to stand on stage with, you know, the, the orchestra, which is 60 of the finest musicians in Melbourne, mm. and mm. they, you know, you're combining with them, you're combining with um, Mark Vincent, who's going to be singing with me. Like, we're, when we're all making uh, music that's, and creating something bigger than ourselves, yes. it's absolutely uh, incredibly uplifting and sort of euphoric. It's it really, is. I mean, I'm, I never take for granted just how incredibly blessed I am to be able to do this for a job. It's amazing. Yes, you are extremely lucky. And we're extremely lucky yes. to, uh, that you've uh, made that your career as well. Yes, so. we, can, <laughs> we can observe and enjoy and be uplifted <laughs> by, by that. Exactly. And Marina, no, can I, I love it. Can I also ask you, um, so is this New Year's Eve thing, is, is this um, uh, also, are, are you involved in Carols by Candlelight as well or is this with your money? Oh, you are? Yeah. With your friend David Hobson? 
Yes, he, he'll be there. And he, he yes. was on our show uh, actually almost a year ago promoting that too, I think, amongst other things. Yeah. That, uh, oh, yes. he's divine. He's, so he's, like, he's like my brother, really. Yes. And, uh, yeah. He's delightful. We, yes. we tour together. We have a show that we do that we sort of toured all around uh, Australia and continue to do. We'll be doing more of it. Oh, of course, uh, is this the two of us? Yes, it is called ah. the two of us. Yeah, and Lovely. is that coming back to Melbourne again or...? Yes, uh, actually, this well, this year we're doing we're doing about when I when I finish nine to five, we're doing about a dozen shows around the country. Oh wow! Which are, ironically, uh, these have been uh, the rescheduled ones from COVID. Oh, of course, oh, wow. that kept getting you know, put off. Yes. Put off. Yes. Finally, I had to do nine to five, so they've been it's been out of the picture. But yeah. so we'll be doing those. I think we go to. I think the closest we get is we go to Geelong okay. this time. But next year, uh, at the second in the second half of next year, we do about fifty shows. Oh do, my goodness! Wow. We do them in Melbourne. Oh, and fantastic! Busy, busy. And, yeah, very busy, but it keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and nice to <laughs> so, be so able to do it. Yes, <laughs> nice to be able to do it now as well. Exactly. So. Oh look, after two years of mm. lockdown, you know it was so hard. It was. We can't do what we do without an audience. We exactly. We can't. Our job doesn't exist without an audience. Exactly. COVID meant that, you know, we were the first industry to close and the last one to come back. So yes. it's, I'm still, every single time I perform, I have this wave of gratitude where I just think, gosh, I'm so glad that I'm getting to do this again. Yes, it felt exactly. like we were never going to do it again. I know. It was very, it was very scary. And um, we are very grateful that... Uh, Yes, that you are back um, in fine form, I'm sure too, Marina. So, so <laughs> I now, <hope> so. <laughs> I, no, no doubt about that. Now, I just want to check um, before we let you go that um, now there are two concerts. There's a two o'clock yes. and the eight o'clock on the, the on New Year's Eve, um, yes. which is a Saturday night, isn't it? The uh, the thirty first. Yes, because Christmas. Yes, because Christmas Day I think is on the so Sunday, the previous great. week. So yeah. Yeah. Elder, like older, elder people, uh, older people. Sorry, not elder people. Um, <laughs> older people can go. Uh, often we get like an older audience at the two o'clock because yes. they don't necessarily want to be out like approaching midnight. No, that's right. so it's a fantastic. It's all people with younger kids and yes. stuff. It's a fantastic way to do it if you want to go to the matinee. And then, of course, after that we've got the nighttime one, and then um, people can also choose to buy a ticket for the eight pm performance that includes going uh, up to the top of the art centre for. Uh, a party oh. that we all go to that involves champagne and candles. Oh, that's watching. a bit special. Very yeah, exciting, yeah, yes. Watching the fireworks <laughs> from the roof of the art centre. Great so way to see the new year. That is lavish isn't and it? exciting. Isn't I think that's... So you can buy that, you can get that ticket as well, which makes makes the whole night even more special. I exactly. Think, you know? That was that yeah. was my question. Where where do we get tickets? And oh, no, um, that's a very good I question. Think I think let's go to the Art Centre website. It's getting close to the Correct. time, yep. so yes. Art yep. Centre Melbourne yep. uh, and just New Year's Eve gala, or you can go to the Aussie Pops Orchestra oh, yes. website uh, and there will be tickets. All you have to do really is uh, Google, it. Google <laughs> New Year's Eve Hamer Hall and all of the appropriate links will Come up. Wonderful. Beautiful. And how long does the actual concert last then? Uh, um, I would imagine 
uh, we probably go for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And there's an interval? That's with an interval. In sure, the yeah. yeah. I love an yeah. interval. And uh, I was going to yeah. say, is it all um, strictly going to be um, uh, scripted or are you going to take any requests? Are you game enough for that on New Year's Eve? Or is well, it's a bit hard to get to, to do requests when you've got 60 separate music. That's true. That, is, that oh, is a big yeah. ask. That's true. <laughs> they may not all be on the same page. That's like, right. And so no, that's true. <laughs> the whole idea, I think, in choosing the repertoire for New Year's Eve is that we do absolute crowd favourites yes, that yes, everybody exactly. wants to hear, you know. So we do the Les Miserables, the Phantoms, the uh, Verdi, you know, we do uh, we do the ones that people really generally want to hear, the crowd Exactly, exactly. Yeah. we think of that time of year. And um, they'll be seeing you... Um, uh, the previous week uh, for the for Carols by Candlelight as well. So you've uh, you, you had a frantic time. So do you get a little rest over uh, in in January at all? A little uh, break? No, I start I start rehearsals. I'm going into uh, the Melbourne season of Mary Poppins. Oh wow! Uh, wow. At, the, at Her Majesty's Theatre. So no, as soon as I finish New Year's Eve, I think it's like the next day. I start <laughs> rehearsals for Mary no rest Poppins for the talented. So, no, no. Are you playing no, Mrs. Banks? Who are you playing in that? I played Mrs. Banks last time, 10 mm. years ago. This right. time I'm playing the bird lady. She sings Feed the Birds. Oh, and yes. I'm also doing a dual uh, track, a dual role. So I'm also playing the evil nanny who Ooh. is the predecessor of Miss. Oh, Uh-oh. the nasty nanny, yes. I'm oh, the nasty fun. nanny, the evil character. So that'd be fun. It's the first time that one person has actually played both those roles. Oh, so it'll, on you. it'll be. I don't know if it's going to be either. It's going to be incredibly fun or just incredibly confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope I don't become the evil bird. Lady. No, <laughs> come out in the wrong costume or yeah. exactly, or the wrong makeup or sing the wrong song. But hopefully, I'm going to figure that out. You know, in that rehearsal. won't happen. <laughs> yes, no. we have great faith in you, Marina. <laughs> Well, that's wonderful to hear and we're really excited about uh, hearing all about that. I've actually got one of your tunes uh, lined up uh, and this is the Verdi La Traviata that we will play with with the lovely Mark Vincent. Yes, there you go. Funnily enough, that's one of the songs we're going to be singing. Ah, fantastic. Perfect. I chose well. (laughs) You did indeed. And just before you go, actually, Marina, can I just ask you, uh, maybe it's a bit like asking you to to name your favourite child, but have you had a particular career highlight, that something that you really think that's it or that's been the pinnacle or are you still looking for it? (laughs) Oh, you know what? This sounds like I'm I'm trying not to answer the question, but I would have to say it's always the job that I'm doing at the moment. Oh, I yes. really embrace whatever's sort of in my yes. hand at the time. Sure. And so right now I am just living and breathing nine to five and loving every minute of yes. it and being in the company and you know it's such an upbeat, fabulous musical. But and then when I'm doing concerts, that's my pinnacle. When I did Phantom, that was my pinnacle. When I did you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Sure. I good tend to just outlook. I yes. just love what I'm doing and I'm always just happy to be doing it. You are. You're such, you're sounds a, like I'm not answering. No, but you're such a tactful Libra, and I think that you, know, you didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to ask you, working with Richard Harris in Camelot, could you just quickly yes. tell us about that? Because that must have been amazing. Well, he's one of the greatest actors that, you know, that we've ever had. Yes. Uh, so it taught me a huge amount, and he was a brilliant actor, but he was quite famous for being... Difficult. Yes, temperamental. <laughs> <he> yes, <laughs> yes. He was very temperamental, and I learned. I was only a oh gosh, I was twenty when I started. Wow. And he was probably sixty something. Yes. So, and uh, it. He was not easy. Was he? Like, was he intimidating? Oh, incredibly! He was just 
plain, not very nice. No, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, when I say that, he, he was famously so. Not, That's yes. right. He made a bit of a, a – that was his shtick, I think, in a lot of ways, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. But look, you know what? I am incredibly grateful for it because after I'd worked with him and from such a young age, yeah. no one can throw anything at me on stage and intimidate me yes. or, or throw yeah. me off or, you know, I learnt – I learned where my metal lay. Yes. You know what I mean? And, exactly. Uh, so I'm actually incredibly grateful for the experience. Don't yes. want to do it again. Well, <laughs> it's available anyway. You now. survived it. <laughs> I know. You do learn from those experiences, don't you? Yeah, They're you sort do. of put in front of you for a reason. And at the time yeah. you're like, hmm. And then you go, okay, I learned this. Yeah. So yeah, good for you. Good outlook. No one can – I can honestly say that I, no sort of person that I meet, no matter who they are or what – they're like they don't they don't rock me they don't they sort of don't knock me off track yes yeah. <laughs> good for you so it's all worthwhile that. a positive outcome good on you absolutely yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much for spending that time with us it's been lovely speaking with you and, oh, and um, you. we know that the show will be amazing and it does sound very lavish and I love that word lavish yes. so yeah, I'm looking forward to use that I'm throw it around a bit more yeah and we're looking forward to those gorgeous gowns of yours too I'm I've heard a bit about them yes. when I say that <laughs> I'm thinking frocks and ga- gowns yes, yes and sparkles and sequins and all right well good luck with that and and you know have a a wonderful wonderful time and again thank you so much for your time and energy here too oh thanks for having me ladies thanks marina thanks so much all the best Bye. bye and that was the wonderful marina Pryor before that and uh, with Mark two, Vincent, with yes, with Mark Vincent in the songs, um, but a wonderful interview, Barbara, with the lovely Marina Price, so generous with her time. She is indeed telling us uh, about her wonderful uh, New Year's Eve show coming up, which two sounds them, very fact. lavish. Mm. Yes, two at Hamer Hall, and uh, yes, she's a very busy lady by the sounds of it, with the nine to five and shows. All through exactly. the year. No, so, no risk for Marina. No. <laughs> Not much of one anyway. Very, very busy lady. Um, but that was La Traviata by Verdi. And I hate you, then I love you, uh, Marina Pyre and Mark Vincent. So that was um, a nice little start for the uh, interviews today. So um, thank you for organising that. We will. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Barbara, for organising that. Organising the music, anyway. Yes, yes. No team effort here. We love the team effort, don't we? Indeed. And uh, it is around five minutes past five o'clock now. You are on a big life conversation with Barbara and Nicole. And it's 94.1 FM. We thought we'd change tact now and have a little nutrition news, which I like to do every week. And uh, this is following on a little bit from my other show, which I uh, did call Big Life Conversation once on the weekend, (laughs) called Food for Thought, your feel-good nutrition program every second and fourth Saturday of the month on Saturdays between 8 and 9 a.m. So it is bright and early, but it can get you started (laughs) in the morning. I'm just after the Macedonian program and just before everyday people. Uh, But we spoke about stress and anxiety and Mm. how much this plays a part in in many people's lives, but prolonged anxiety and stress can have havoc on our nervous system 
and our mental health as well. And so really important to look after ourselves when we are experiencing any of that. And we do know that our sympathetic nervous system, which is the one that is also termed the fight or flight system, um, when it's overwrought, it um, can sort of shut down and uh, people can feel uh, extremely adrenally fatigued. And we say adrenally fatigued because our little adrenal glands that Mm. sit on top of our kidneys that produce cortisol and adrenaline uh, run out and they can't do the other things that they're supposed to do, such as produce hormones and um, keep us awake, you know, in the morning and get us up out of bed in the morning. So um, when we're adrenally fatigued, it can be uh, exhausting for many people and they may have got there. Um, And what we want to do most of the time is move from our sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight, to our parasympathetic nervous system. And this is when we do all of our rest and recovery and restorative um, practices. And this nervous system is at play should be at play most of the time and we just have the fight or flight when we're under pressure and our body then regulates, Mm. um, raises our heart rate, gets us to run, gets us to move quickly. Um, It wants us to move quickly with high bursts of energy and to do that it wants sugar and uh, it also stops digestion and lays down fat because it doesn't know when you're going to eat next. Um, So it does all those sorts of things but usually it's temporary Um, But if it's prolonged for a big period of time, you don't get the rest and restorative part, which normally happens when we're sleeping and we're feeling very chilled. Mm. And I know we've often spoken about those big diaphragmatic breaths, those big, you know, (laughs) in for five seconds and out for five seconds and how important they are at turning off one nervous system and the other. However, if you don't have those resources behind you, there are some amazing foods that can support and ease anxiety. It doesn't take it away, but you do deplete certain nutrients when you are under a lot of anxiety. Um, and no surprise here that a, a nutrient-dense diet rich in vegetables and fruit and other healthy foods do help people manage their anxiety symptoms. Um, We do know anxiety is is quite widespread, affecting millions of people globally and um, they can vary from different people to different people and um, those that experience it for more than six months or more might have what's called generalised anxiety disorder or GAD. Um, So this is where you might have symptoms such as fear, tension, uh, irritability, excessive worrying about everyday events, um, difficulty concentrating, issues with personal, social, work relationships, Mm. having those heart palpitations and it's just racing heart. Sometimes like I am when I have a coffee, Um, (laughs) muscle tension and chest tightness. Mm. Um, And whilst there's a whole set of other things that can really support people such as, you know, movement, um, cognitive behavioural therapy, all sorts of different things that can help us out. There is um, nine foods that I wanted to draw our attention to today that really help um, reduce those um, feelings in many people. So number one on the list, number one on the list is fatty fish, such as salmon, mackerel, sardines, trout and herring, very high in omega-3. And omega-3s are a type of fatty acid that have a strong relationship with cognitive function Mm -hmm. and mental health. So fantastic for 
any mental health situations yes. or any nervous system disorders, as mm. well as good for heart as well. And it's the EPA and DHA that's in that omega-3 that regulate neurotransmitters, uh-huh. reduce inflammation and promote healthy brain function. A couple of recent studies, a small study on 24 people um, with substance abuse found that taking EPA and DHA supplementation results in reduced levels of anxiety. Um, And the supplementation generally um, contains quite a concentrated form of EPA, DHA. So I do know that we can have up to uh, 10,000 milligrams of EPA, DHA to support that. Most of our supplements come in around 500 milligrams. Mm -hmm. So um, there is a a quite a range there. A 2018 review found that reduced anxiety symptoms were associated with omega-3 and the effects were stronger in participants with clinical anxiety and symptoms as well. Um, And another study said uh, that men... Um, that were eating salmon three times a week had much more reduced self-reported anxiety as well. So the good old omega-3. And if you're vegetarian, uh, it's the avocado, it's the olive oil, it's the nuts and seeds Mm -hmm. that are really important for that. Vitamin D, uh, also amazing and sources come from fish, but also in mushrooms that have been oh. uh, bathed in sunshine oh, is another yes. way to do that. They absorb it, don't they? They yeah. do. Mm. And this can um, – deficiency can lead to mood disorders and anxiety. Yeah. Um, and people with vitamin D deficiency should be taking um, a supplement to get it back up to scratch. Hopefully mm-hmm. with the sun coming out in summer, we should be getting <laughs> our doses up. But generally yes. it doesn't last the whole year for no. most people living in Melbourne in particular. Yeah. Um, eggs, also amazing. So egg yolks especially oh, yeah. um, have a good source of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. But eggs themselves with the amazing amino acids in there, um, they contain what's called tryptophan. Oh, yes. And tryptophan is an amino acid that creates serotonin. Mm-hmm. And serotonin is a chemical neurotransmitter found in the brain. Uh, it's also found in the bowels and blood platelets that mm-hmm. help regulate mood, sleep, memory and behavior so you want those high tryptophan foods turkey is also another high tryptophan food but eggs um, are very easily accessible Um, so turkey at christmas time can be accessible for some people Um, and we do know that um, the because our gut also produces some of that serotonin, quite a lot of it actually, um, 80% of it. Mm-hmm. We do know that the gut microbiota plays a very key role in treating symptoms of anxiety as well. Um, number three food. Uh, I want to guess this one, Barb. Have a guess what number three might number be. Number three, gosh. So we've got, we've had vitamin D, we've had omega-3. Vitamin B. Vitamin B. D, B's really good for energy and mm-hmm. boosting your energy. Yep. Um, I'm going to talk about pumpkin seeds, actually. Oh, right. Pumpkin okay. seeds have been known to, an excellent source of potassium, um, regulate um, our electrolyte balance, mm-hmm. good for blood pressure, Always. and also associated um, with high magnesium. So I often talk about pumpkin seeds uh, or pepitas and yes. sunflower seeds as being really high in magnesium, Yum. which is very good at mm. um, calming um, and reducing the cortisol levels, the stress hormone. Yes. Uh, and bananas are also high in potassium, yes. which are also very good. 
Um, pumpkin seeds also have zinc and um, zinc is quite important for mm. improving mood disorders as well. It's essential for brain development as well. Another one that I like that I talk about a lot is dark chocolate. Oh, yes. So the fourth, fourth one on the list is dark chocolate. Um, mainly due to two things. One is it does have some magnesium in it, which we yeah. do know, but it's a really rich source of polyphenols, um, especially flavonoids, and they are known to reduce neuroinflammation and cell death in the brain as well as improve uh-huh. blood flow. So a little bit of dark chalky a day, 70% plus, could keep the doctor away. That's what I'm saying anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with that one. Fair enough. Number five is turmeric. So turmeric has a substance in it called curcumin, um, and it's reduce. It's good for reducing inflammation, also good for um, joint pain. Um, but those experiencing mood disorders, anxiety, and depression, and a gram of curcumin in one study in 2015 um, reduced anxiety in adults with obesity, and um, actually helped. Um, with the mood side of things as well. Quite an easy one to get into the diet with, um, you know, smoothies and curries and, and oh, yes. casserole, veggie Dish. casserole dishes. Chamomile tea, I think we know that one. It's been really good as oh, a yes. one for before bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so chamomile is very anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antioxidant. Uh, some people use the tea bags on their eyes for yes. a beauty treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, 1,500 milligrams of chamomile extract per day, three times a day, did reduce anxiety symptoms in a study. Um, uh, however, it did not prevent new episodes of anxiety, but it does calm. So very good at managing anxiety. Um, I've got three more to go. Um, mm-hmm. Seven is yogurt, and it's mainly because of the good gut bacteria in yogurt. So we do know that some of our dairy products have some really good um, lactobacillus and bifobacteria. Oh yes, good to keep the gut there producing the serotonin that it needs to have. Um, and other fermented foods are really um, important. So. Not only just the yogurt, but things like kefir and sauerkraut and kombucha um, has been known to increase happiness in some studies. Um, So that's a nice one. Kimchi is another one. Um, Cheese also. uh, Soy products too. So that's a bit of a grab bag. The last two, one is green tea, one of my favourites, because it contains theanine. Yes. Now, theanine is, has an anti-anxiety and calming effect and can increase the production of serotonin and dopamine. So that, along with, I always say, some green tea with a bit of dark chocolate. It's always going to make things a little bit better. <laughs> um, and green tea is so easy to add to the day. Nice replacement for coffee, which does increase our anxiety because it gives us the heart palpitations and the same um, release of cortisol. Uh, so green tea is a nice replacement. And the last one, what do you think the last one might be, Barb? I'm going to give you a, mm. something vego, something protein related. Something some with tofu? Or, uh, like so tofu is good for us. Um, Brazil nuts. Oh, nuts. Okay. Nuts. So the Brazil nut, I think I've probably talked about this one ad nauseum, but Brazil nuts are really high in selenium. That's right. 
And selenium is an amazing antioxidant, reduces inflammation, um, often at heightened levels, um, especially in someone who might have a mood disorder or suffering from anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, it does prevent cell damage. Um, other nuts, animal products and vegetables such as mushrooms, soybeans are also excellent sources of selenium. So you're yes. spot on there. Um, but we do we can have too much selenium. So it's usually two to three Brazil nuts a day gives you your RDI for the day. Mm, so that's not much um, to ask, is it? No, really quite amazing. Mm. Um, and in a rodent study, it's also helped with obesity as ah, well. So an okay. interesting one as well. Of course, eating well, having lots, you know, five coloured veggies, eating the rainbow of veggies, like we were saying about nutrition um, health week last week, getting that rainbow and trying for five, five veggies a day will also help um, oh, yes. that process along. So there's some of the nine foods that can help support you when you're feeling a little bit uh, anxious or a little mm. bit flat as it may be, um, making sure that you've got them on hand and they're not too hard to get into the diet. That's true. Pretty easy, Indeed. I think. That's right. Yes. So there you go. Nice little one to um, keep us feeling positive. Feeling Indeed. positive. And um, I think it's important because as we come to the end of the year, I think a lot of us are very tired. I think and we some are. Of, yes. And a lot of us have had a bit of a rough year um, in one way or another. So, yeah, um, I think that uh, – and, of course, we've got entertainment starting for some people who are into the racing season with the Cup Week next week. Um, yeah, so uh, I think it's uh, important to, to – as you often have said, try to eat sensibly before some of these uh, these events if you can. So I agree. So you can have a little bit of a lapse. I Perhaps agree. too much damage being done. All right, we might have a, a quick tune before we come back and, you know, there's probably a little bit of entertainment news on the forefront, I imagine. I think so. If we've got Barbara in the house, there's mm-hmm. going to be some entertainment. Let's go to Sweet Disposition because we've been talking a little bit about dark chocolate. <laughs> All right. No, that one didn't want to start. Let's try that again. And that was the wonderful Temper Trap Sweet Disposition it is uh, 24 minutes past five o'clock. You're on Big Life Conversation with Barbara and Nicole. We have been talking all things food, stress and anxiety and our little nutrition tips. But we're going to change tack now, aren't we? We're going to talk more about entertainment. Some entertainment indeed, that's right. Yes. And before we go ahead, actually, with that, Nicole, just mm. my, I meant to mention earlier, we mentioned some birthdays, but also meant to mention some musical birthdays, including... Mm. Um, Helen Reddy, sadly no longer with us. Uh, Georges Bizet, no. um, of course, uh, the composer of um, some other operas, including um, the Pearl Fishers, amongst others. And Bill Wyman, the former Rolling Stone. And um, also, I'd like to um, send a cheer to uh, my friend Jacinta in. Brisbane at the moment, who is listening in. So oh, thanks, Jacinta. Yes. Hi there. We have listeners. <laughs> we have interstate listeners. Oh, I love that. Hi, Jacinta. <laughs> so thank you for letting us know. It's very kind of you. Yes. And hope you're enjoying the show. Yes. And I think my friend Louise might be listening in as well, who I spoke to today. So I shout out to a very good friend. We met many, 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 many years ago, um, three of us oh, yeah. at the salubrious pancake parlor <laughs> uh, while we were waitressing and studying oh, at okay. uni. Yes. And the three of us have been uh, together for a very long time. Well, our nice other connection. colleague, um, Rebecca. And uh, yes, we're all um, 
survive. We're never in the same, <laughs> never in the same location. But Lou and I are at the moment, so it's really lovely to to catch up on a regular basis. So oh, thanks, Lou, for listening in. Indeed, thank you. And um, yes, I was going to mention, uh, speaking of entertainment, of course, the British Film Festival is upon us for a little while, and uh, I got to see a very cute, charming, totally escapist fantasy film the other night. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I don't know if you've seen trailers for this one, but um, I think it's going to have a commercial release anyway. But um, it's based on the um, uh, the beloved novel. Actually, there are several novels by a poor Galico, who you might know as someone who wrote The Snow Goose and Thomasina, and I think one or two other things that might have been turned to Disney films. But anyway, um, he um, he was a journalist amongst other things. But Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, it's directed by Annie Fabian. It it's, uh, stars Leslie Manville and Isabelle Huppert, the wonderful French actress, Jason Isaacs and Lambert Wilson. And basically, um, as I say, it's... Um, it's been inspired by the classic novel by Paul Gallico and it's set in the 1950s and it's been described as a wonderfully whimsical period drama and featuring the, um, the charming Leslie Manville as um, Mrs Harris who embarks on a Parisian high fashion adventure. And this is apparently an official collaboration uh, with the House of Dior and Mrs Harris is the story um, of a widowed cleaner. Her, she discovers that her her husband um, was actually killed in the war. He'd been missing for many years anyway and finally um, she discovers that she's a widow, no children, um, but uh, anyway, she becomes obsessed with this beautiful Dior dress that um, one of them she cleans oh, for. Yes, owns. I yes. know the one you're talking about. Yeah. I want to see this. Yes, yeah, so it's quite charming, quite light and fluffy. Uh, dare I say a chick flick? Or maybe if you're a bloke, a fashionista, you might be into it. But um, anyway, but it's uh, it's very charming. And of course, Mrs. Harris, um, she's uh, struggles she struggles financially, but she gets the old you know, little windfall without giving too much away, and she manages to um, get to Paris to to actually purchase her very own designer gown. Um, anyway, she um, a few other things happen along the way and uh, it's quite uh, quite interesting um, uh, extension of the whole story involving industrial relations and a few other things. Um, but uh, anyway, look, it's, it's very charming um, and, as I say, a great cast and um, a total, as I say, uh, light-hearted entertainment, which I think... Um, uh, we're in need of this at the moment, I think, a lot of us. So just something I to cheer so. us up. I think so. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, I saw some of the promos for that and thought how how wonderful and I might just check in with that, given that I've had a bit of a fashion kind of week, exactly. which is very unlike me, by the way. <laughs> I don't tend to, to think of myself as a bit of a fashionista. No, but you but always uh, look good, Nicole. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I do my best, but mm-hmm. um, it's nice to seek the uh, inspiration from others, yes. let me just say. That's true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so as I say, it, it is quite charming. And, um, yeah, as I say, it's quite a lot of fun. So that's um, coming, and I think that will be released commercially. But um, the festival itself is running for a little while yet. And also in Melbourne, of course, it's been uh, all over um, Australia. But I think it finally finishes up on um, the 16th of November. So I've got a little bit of time to catch some other great movies, which I think you mentioned last week. And also something that's coming to a close a bit sooner is the 2022 Greek Film Festival. And it's actually running until the 30th of October, which is this coming Sunday um, at the Astor Theatre and Palace Cinema Como. So um, that uh, sounds like one that you might want to check out. Um, I think there was the Antipodean uh, Festival on at the weekend in Lonsdale Street too. So Ooh, well, we're, we're get some good food. Yes, exactly. I well, love we're Greek a bit food. Of a good theme, exactly. Yes, yes. Uh, that's true. And not to um, forget 
our wonderful Baggage Productions Man Woman monologues, yes. which is coming up on the 7th to the 12th of November at the Butterfly Club, Melbourne. Exactly. So the wonderful um, Bridget Burton, who we had on earlier, and the, the two programs that are running between that time. So um, that's coming up very soon as well. It is. And also um, the Palestinian Film Festival. Wow. Is gonna, we won't... Um, be here next week, but it's um, it'll be finishing up just before we do get back um, on the 7th of November. But this, this is running from the 3rd to the 6th of November. That's a very short one. So you can check out that by going to the website. Um, also, um, are you a fan or were you watching, um, speaking of the screen, the, the small screen this time, were you watching um, the series Fisk with the fantastic Kitty Flanagan? I the Fisk. Yes. So that's the next one. The new season is starting, I believe, this week. Ooh. Yes, so you're a big fan of Kitty Flanagan's. And her brown um, suit. Yes, and that chocolate brown suit, suit, a beige suit, which is so, you know, when you see her on other shows, she's she's such a live wire. Vibrant and and to play this very numb and very, yes, flat character. Almost repressed, almost (laughs) repressed, depressed. But but yes, for those of you who don't know, who have missed the first series, um, Helen Tudor Fish, not to be confused with Helen Tuna Fish, apparently, has been referred to as. um, But uh, she's working in a suburban law practice. She's divorced. She has a dog. She doesn't have the happiest of lives. She's anyway. She anyway. She she plods on. She does her best, but um, she's in this law firm, um, uh, and she has a rather overbearing, rather irritating prima donna of a boss played by the wonderful Julia Zamiro, um, and Marty Sheargold plays her brother, who's yes. another lawyer yes. uh, in the firm. And then there's um, I think Aaron Chen, who's the uh, the hapless um, sort of receptionist. I love him. He is so He's great. He's a funny guy. He's yes. a funny guy. So it's a very very talented lineup. And um, as I say, there are lots of episodes of, uh, of this uh, show that I think some of us can relate to with, uh, as I say, weird and wonderful family relationships and, uh, and sometimes professional challenges too. Mm-hmm. So this is, as I said, is a far cry from the glamorous corporate world of some uh, lower legal shows that we've seen. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, yes, it's more sort of down to earth and, uh, as I say, suburban law practice that, um, as I say, certainly meets the chair of colourful characters in terms of its uh. clients, yes. Well, we've Indeed. been dabbling a little bit in more of our sci-fi themed oh, yes. uh, fantasy world a little bit with um, House of the Dragon. Oh, uh, yes. So yes. if you're a Game of Thrones fan, mm-hmm. getting back into that, not, I mean, still violent, but not quite as violent as the original Game exactly. of Thrones and perhaps not as enjoyable mm-hmm. is my opinion at the moment, but entertaining nevertheless. Yep. Uh, and a story of families as a prequel and so um, that is uh, on every dropped in every week so we can check that out and I have also been checking out um, the uh, new Handmaid's Tale as well Um, so that has taken I was just thinking what else could possibly happen um, in this scenario so um, yes the the quite an interesting little twist there and I'm quite enjoying that actually it was a little bit slow to start uh, very much enjoying the most recent episode of that so I don't want to give any spoilers away there as well Um, and a couple of other ones that we've gone back to watch because of the um, new Lord of the Rings series that is out again a prequel but going back through our archives going through the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings 
for the kids' perspective oh, yeah, so yeah. that they can fill in the gaps from what's been happening. And there's a few nice little segues across that, as well as, you know, looking at the beautiful New Zealand as the, the backdrop, as it always has been. Mm. Um, so it gets a, a really nice look in in this series as well. So, um I don't, I don't. I haven't even checked whether it's filmed there, but it certainly looks like it's filmed there. Yeah, okay, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful Indeed. place. So that's um, they're on binge at the moment. Okay. Or the House of Dragons is on binge at the moment. Well, speaking of binge, mm. I, I did my bit uh, with Netflix the other night. Mm. Now this is a, um, a series that is based on a true story, and uh, maybe Jess, um, when our film reviewer, whom we'll have to speak to the week after next, um, will uh, be able to tell us more about this. I'm not sure if she's um, seen it yet, but. Um, it's got a great cast, including our own Naomi Watts. We like to claim her as our own, even though she was we born do. in England. We do. And um, Bobby Carnavale. Um, and they play a couple who move into this house, this magnificent house. Um, and uh, But there seem to be a few strange things going on in this house. Mm. And uh, anyway, to cut a long story short... Um, 657 Boulevard, um, there are some very, uh, as I say, bizarre sort of secrets that, that this house holds and there's some very peculiar neighbours who are around as well and anyway, this hapless couple seem to have the, the dream home, the dream life um, and uh, she is a, a ceramicist or a potter and um, has some uh, interesting um, career and um, having lots of gallery showings and so on. And Bobby's um, working in an office uh, for some sort of, a, it's not made quite clear, but some sort of agency, I think an advertising agency. Okay. But um, they have a couple of kids, but they keep on receiving these very disturbing letters, which start off as quite friendly and welcoming mm. uh, and become more and more sinister and threatening as time mm. wears on. And where are they coming from? Who's writing them? Are they being set up? What exactly is going on? <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, it's based on, as I say, um, based on a true story from Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan. And um, also you might remember, um, uh, I think the name is Jennifer Connolly. Um, yes. And she, I remember her certainly from... Um, uh, oh, she's in lots of things. She has been she? lots of things. Um, I think I've got her Beautiful name correct. Mind. But, uh, yeah, actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of somebody else. It's oh. another Jennifer. Anyway, but um, I shall um, check, her, check out her name. But she plays a rather a real estate agent with, um, as I say, a rather uh, disturbing kind of a manner. But uh, anyway, she um, anyway, it, it's something that it, it, it is a bit slow. I have to say it is a bit slow, but it's, it's, it's seven episodes that go for about 35 to 40 minutes or so each. But um, it is um, – it gets you in, I guess, um, because mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe that schadenfreude um, <laughs> feeling that a lot of us have. We think, how dare these people have this wonderful life in this wonderful house? It serves them right they're having some problems. But in a way you feel sort of sympathetic to them and sort of think, well, maybe you've had it coming and in some other ways in terms of the way you've uh, behaved or taken some things for granted or – uh, anyway, but it's um, it, it gets you in, Nicole. Yes, mm. I know. A lot of those shows do. And once you start, if it's a series, it's like, all right, I'm locked in for winter, but summer, you you don't <laughs> expect to have as much available. I I'm actually, I mean, that sounds great. I'm actually um, been looking forward to the. Um, next series of White Lotus, which I believe is being filmed or was filmed oh, in Australia. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, so the other one was filmed in Hawaii in yes. a hotel there, but the same same core characters at the hotel, but obviously different guests coming. Okay, um, yes, yes, yes. And so that's quite a, a fun one, a little bit 
dark humour in mm. spots as well. So it leaves me wondering what is going to happen in this one and, and a wonderful cast there as well. Mm. Um, very much uh, enjoying that. Oh, yes. Um, and the, um, the lovely um, Jennifer Coolidge, who is fantastic in oh, yes. that too. Yes, uh, this is um, Jennifer Coolidge I was talking about, who is, um, I remember her from years ago when she was in Legally, Legally Blonde, you yes, remember? As yes. that sort of ditzy hairdresser yes. friend of Elle's. Yes. She's, she's like, she does play that similar kind of part in this, but she's she's magic at it. Oh, like, yeah, okay. she, she's, she's very versatile because in this role she's becoming more and more sort of sinister and the real estate agent sort of old friend blast from the past from uh, Nora's Nora and Dean are the couple who move in the Brannocks who move into this new house um, and she's a sort of blast in the past and you think oh yes uh, it's you know nice to nice to catch up and uh, but, you know there's more to her than meets the eye as well so yes. and of course the the brilliant Mia Farrow she's another she? um, neighbour who is um, eccentric to say the least to put it very kindly so anyway it's a yeah it's a great it's a great cast and um, yeah I think you know, as I say you uh you want to know what happens and I won't give too much away is all I'm going to say. Oh, mm. well, I haven't been watching that one, so I'm going to put that on my list, that's for sure, because yes. I like to have a, a new series to look forward to. Mm. And yeah. um, Some great performances all around, I must admit. Yes, <laughs> and uh, yes, perhaps you'll uh, never look at real estate or... Or house buying oh, quite the same light after Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, it sounds very, very interesting. Uh, it is 20 minutes to 6 o'clock. Time flies when you're having fun here. Uh, you're on a big live conversation with Barbara and Nicole. Let's have a have a tune. Please. And that was Viva La Vida, but by Romain Ugheto. So not the version I thought mm. it may have been by the good one, old huh? Coldplay. Yes. yes, a nice little version of that one. Uh, it's time for What Gets Up My Nose. Please go ahead. So What Gets <laughs> Up My Nose. So as you know, I was at Westfield on a couple of instances <laughs> over last week. vaguely mentioned that, I think, yes. Have I mentioned that a few times? Well, I don't normally, I haven't been out to the shops very often. Yes, and I going, I don't really like going because no. of the car parking. Exactly. It makes a lot of things. Yes. And I thought, well, it had been very quiet for a couple of years. Uh, but it is definitely back to normal. Yeah. And it is definitely an indicator that we're coming to that pointy end of the year, mm. as in there's Christmas stuff up yeah. and all of that sort of thing going on. However,. Um, I was there for a couple of hours and along with my sister on the Thursday night. And when we left said car park, $25, thank you very much, to pay to get out of said Goodness car me. park. Not that seems steep. very impressed. No. I've never paid, even though they have boom gates, I don't think I've ever been there a length of time that was worthy of a fare, mm. let alone a $25 fare. That seems very stupid. Are they, were they uh, cashing in the fact that there was this event going on? I don't know. Mm. Very, very rich of them. <laughs> Not very impressed at no. all. Um, so that's my local shopping centre and I have been many, many times before and as I said, I've never, ever had to pay anything. So I yes. don't know what was unique about that mm. or that it was an evening. Um, the following Saturday evening, there was absolutely no fare to get out. Out, That's interesting. But there was $25 and it was mm. uh, my sister texted me going, did you pay to get out of the car park? Oh, and me. certainly um, 
Seems steep. Her, her, ste- steep mm. on the hip pocket. Yes. I was not expecting it. And, uh, no, that's even to... worse when you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, so it takes not the edge fun. off a fun night. Can do, it does. It? it does. And I know shopping centres, you know, have to provide car parking and, yes, yes service the car parking. Mm. Um, but on an evening when there's not very many people there, that's I'm not right. sure why no. that was particularly necessary. I'm sure someone could enlighten me. <laughs> um, the flip side was that it, you know we had such a a great time there and a, ma- and a great event. Your day? Yes. <laughs> so you know what made my mm. day was the event. You know, paled yes. it into insignificance. Mm. But uh, we left with a little bit of a sore pocket on the way out. Indeed. Um, possibly because we had spent a little bit of money that we were influenced <laughs> to do so, uh, which we probably know, shouldn't have. But then if you know what was coming, maybe you might have held off a little bit on that. I might yes. have held off a little mm. bit. How um, can you do? Yeah, mm. ouchie mm. ouch. Watch, exactly. watch and read the fine print, I say. I'm going to have a look at it, that's for sure. Indeed. What about uh, for you, Barb? Yeah, well, we were saying to Sophie and Nicole, both having been teachers ourselves mm. and um, a colleague just into the same once upon a time, Um Yes, um, what gets up my nose is teachers not being respected. And apparently the survey has just been released by Monash University amongst teachers who feel that they are not their profession um, is not held in high regard in this country, which I think is very, very sad because of... Um, I think, excuse me, I thought that actually um, something like 70% have said that they feel um, not, not appreciated and, and not respected and they're blaming some politicians um, and also the media for this. Um, and I was very disappointed to hear this because I thought that after uh, during COVID and the lockdown and home learning, teachers were actually getting a lot more respect and, and people were appreciating what they were doing, particularly people who'd never been teachers themselves, some parents who've worked in other areas. They suddenly think, and they're doing home learning and they think, Gosh, this is hard work, and this is demanding. And my goodness, that you know what the teachers have to put up with. Um, I don't know about you, Nicole, but I remember over the years, um, people who have never been teachers telling me, "Oh, so you you were you were a teacher, or you are a teacher? All those holidays, oh, you know what a cushy slap! Um, uh, don't you want to have to restrain yourself sometimes from yes. physically assaulting them? Yes, yes. well, not not hmm. the um, pre-work before the school exactly during the school hours the post the school That's correcting right. setting exactly. assessments i was flabbergasted i'm thinking i don't know how long ago school yes. camps excursions the, the responsibility admin yes getting responsibility the, yes, getting the flat from the parents getting the flat from other staff and getting the flat from the students you're, you know you're tossed from pillar to post i mean but both of us have been um, secondary teachers but um i would imagine it's, it's the same in um in other uh, areas of teaching but anyway i was very disappointed to hear that i'm just thinking some people the people who make slight remarks about teachers are often people who've never been teachers themselves and they are remembering teachers from the student perspective and as I keep on telling people ad nauseum I went through um, my schooling um, when the teacher was considered God I came back to teach when the student was considered God and I feel like I have been you know, missing out all along the way but anyway I just think of course there were there bad eggs in every profession and there are some teachers um, who are proud as professional as they should be but a lot of them are you know decent hard-working people who um, put in you know more than they need to they go above and beyond the call of duty in terms of um, really caring about their students and that, that's a lot of people to care about. It yes. is a lot of people mm. to care about and a, and a big responsibility. Exactly. Um, and legally as well these days, it's a minefield. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think, please, uh, before you start teacher bashing, uh, just try and perhaps think of things um, from a different perspective. And um, what was that great bumper sticker uh, that was around a while ago? If you can read this, thank a teacher. So, <laughs> yes. So I think, remember. 
Yes. Well, I like the one that says, if you can read this, you are too close. Oh, that's another one. You exactly. are way too close as well. <laughs> that's so. something to keep in mind. But no, as I say, but what makes my day? People who appreciate teachers, people who thank teachers, people who maybe even come to a late realisation years down the track, gee, that te- so-and-so was a good teacher, you know, with a particular lesson that might have stuck in your mind or a particular inspiring piece of advice. You know, you know, just uh, be grateful. Well. I think that's nice as well. I really, really nice. I know my sister's actually going to a school reunion oh, soon, yes. and uh, she said, you know, she mentioned reeled off all the teachers' names, and I said, oh, weren't they wonderful? And that one was quirky, oh, and that good. one was fun. And I said, you're going to have a, a wonderful time, you know, checking out where they're all at and yes. and what's been happening for them as well. And you know, even just on the weekend, we had a art show at the local primary school, yes. and you just thought, how wonderful is the art teacher um, that has inspired all of these individuals to put this beautiful little art show on. And I think Daniel and I thought we'd go along and, and see some, you know, a little primary school art show, but we were very, very pleasantly surprised. Yes, a very high standard from the photos. Some of some of yeah. the work that was out there, including not, your not, young son Miles. Not just my own son, <laughs> but um, some beautiful work from lots of other kids as well. And so, yes, I want to thank his art teacher who has inspired that in him. So, what exactly. a wonderful thing to inspire as Fantastic. well. Really, Fantastic. really wonderful to inspire. While well, you're speaking of art, show, or mm. art teachers, mm. um, just want to remind people that the White Horse Art Show is opening this Thursday, the 27th of October, running through to Sunday the 30th. And the Roger Club of Box Hill in Bird is proudly presenting it at the annual White Horse Art Show um, in the magnificent Box Hill Town Hall, as it's referred to. Can you believe it's the 56th annual art show, Nicole? No way. It's amazing. That's yes. a long so, haul. Um, exactly. It is a lot, um, a long, long time. But anyway... Um, Go and check that out, um, and um, there's all uh, all the details are on um, the website. But uh, sounds like um, it will be a bit of fun. There's entry ten dollars at the door, concession five dollars for students, and children are free. And there's also a official um, grand opening night dinner. But all the details are there, and um, anyway, so that sounds like it's uh, worthwhile getting along to, and all sorts of um, different genres of art as well. Um, so and, and you've been. Fringing. I have been on the fringe. You have all been my on life. the fringe. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Thank you for reminding me because the Melbourne Fringe is almost wound up. A lot of things have, have been and gone. But I was lucky enough last night to get along with my friend Bev. Hello, Bev, if you're listening, uh, to see Club Cabaret. Oh. Now, this is Bernie Dieter's Club Cabaret. Yes. And uh, inspired by, um, as I say, uh, um, the, uh, well, we might say the demi of Berlin oh. <laughs> at a certain time oh. in history. Um, but it's, it was held in a Spiegel tent and Victoria Market has been transformed. This uh, They call it Runway Park. Oh, um, is that runaway where the Spiegel Park. tent is? That's year. where they've had it, oh. yes. And uh, interesting outdoor eating areas and all sorts of other things going on down at um, the old Vic Market. Oh, that's good. Mm. They need a bit of boosting. They do. And uh, anyway, but this is <laughs> this has been described as the darkest, funniest and most debauched Cabaret oh. show East of Berlin, and it's also been described as a boundary pushing phenomenon, um, which is hosted by the deliciously salacious, utterly hilarious, uber award winning queen of Weimar punk, Bernie Dieter. And uh, she has an infamous troupe of bombastic bohemians, as they're described wow. um, uh, in this show, and um, including um, um, a gin soaked house band Ooh. and uh, in the background. And there, um, there are some amazing uh, feats of um, skill including breathtaking circus, gender-bending aerial and fire-breathing sideshows, as well as, um, as I say, some weird and wonderful uh, trapeze and, as I say, 
spectacular costumes are those of the uh, participants who are wearing them. <laughs> but, uh, okay. So, right. All right. Okay. So there, there's no fourth wall, no rules, and no seat is safe in this dark and defined den of iniquity, according to the blurb. And, been, and not many sequins to cover. Uh, yeah, what there are are fantastic, as I say. What, what, what <laughs> glamorous and glitzy um, and uh, costumes. Yes, <laughs> are uh, quite amazing. But uh, some people are wearing uh, next to nothing except a, a very broad smile. And um, <laughs> it's been described as another full frontal fabulousness, and not for the faint-hearted okay. or, or for the uh, narrow-minded, but it's an absolute hoot. And the, spe- the Spiegel tent, of course, the mirror tent, uh, is uh, it, it's a real adventure just to to darken the doors. So, yeah, but, uh, I this love is, that yeah, tent. This show it was due to finish on the 30th of October, but due to popular demand, and I can oh, understand wow. why, it's been extended to November the 6th. Oh, there you yeah, go. So, so you can still get along to see it. Yep. So uh, check out Melbourne um, Fringe. Yes, there we go. Club Cabaret. That's Club C L U B Cabaret. K A B A R E T Bernie Dieters Club Cabaret. Anyway, so I think that uh, yes, um, a bit of uh, decadent fun. Oh, it sounds yes. quite okay. wonderful. Yeah. I've um, I've got a little recipe to share, but I'll I might do that towards the end of the show. Oh this yes, happens to be about beauty boosting oh, because yes, we'd been talking a little bit about that with my my. Um, week that has been do yes. you have any other little snippets that you want I to do. share with us before we we wrap up yes and i do nicole actually now there's um an interesting um show that's coming on at chapel off chapel this week one of our favorite venues around town and um have you ever heard of the musical it's rather a memorable title have you right. ever heard of urine town the musical <laughs> spell, spell it out for me yes it's our urine town okay. depending on what school urine you went to no <laughs> yes. i well, have we not go. heard that well, I, I think I saw this many years ago, actually. But anyway, it's, it's a winner of three Tony Awards, three Out of Critics Circles Awards, two Lucille Lutell Awards and two Obie Awards. What? And it's an hilarious, an hilarious musical satire about um, sustainability and conservation. And um, basically um, it tells the story of um, – it's set in a post-apocalyptic Australian town and where there's been a terrible water shortage. Oh. Of course, sadly, we have the opposite problem in some parts of Australia. Yes. But um, anyway, um, and so – uh, it's, it's all about um, uh, setting up um, uh, the legal system, capitalism, social irresponsibility, populism, bureaucracy, corporate mismanagement, municipal politics and musical theatre itself. It's been described as hilariously funny and touchingly honest and provides a fresh perspective on one of the world's favourite art forms. So apparently Australia, in this particular town, there's been a terrible water shortage and it's been caused by a 20-year drought and has led to a government-enforced ban on private toilets, and the citizens must use public amenities regulated by a single malevolent company that profits by charging admission for one of humanity's most basic needs to be fulfilled. Oh, and amid the people, there is there is some places that still do that. That's anyway, right. <laughs> pay to go Dra- to the loo, drought or not. And amid the people, the hero decides that he's had enough and plans a revolution to lead them all to freedom. So anyway, it sounds like an, it is an absolute from my memories of years gone by when I've seen this. And um, it's opening on uh, Thursday the twenty seventh. That's the preview, and then uh, runs from Friday. Uh, the 28th of October to Sunday the 6th of November. Wow, you're in town. <laughs> yes, a memorable title indeed. It is. You can't yes. forget that one. It's exactly. easy to remember as well. Indeed. Fabulous. Well, there's so much entertainment for us um, this week that you have presented. Lots of lots of goodies. Um, so hopefully uh, get along to some of those things coming up. Um, we're almost running out of time. We've got um, the wonderful primary perspectives coming up just at six o'clock. But before we do disappear or depart for today, um, we have a little recipe 
that I wanted to share with you. And this is um, uh, a salad full of leafy greens, vitamin C, rich in oranges to promote collagen production for healthy Mm. skin. Um, and drizzled with an antioxidant-rich avocado oil, which is rich in vitamin E to combat skin ageing. Don't we love that? Oh, we do. Um, and it is a beauty-boosting vitality salad by Healthy Chef with figs and pomegranate. So to me, this just looks absolutely divine. Mm. 150 grams of spinach leaves, um, 80 grams of microgreen salad mix or sprouts, Four figs cut in half. Now, that's no mean feat to get some beautiful ripe (laughs) figs. Or you could use kiwi fruit, which are also high in vitamin C. One pomegranate. And um, there's a little link to say, click here to show you how to get rid of get the seeds out because it can be quite complicated for some and don't wear white (laughs) one orange peeled and sliced 80 grams of goat's feather and one tablespoon of pistachio nuts or almonds chopped and a few sprigs of fresh thyme Um, basically combine all of those beautiful ingredients and uh, then you can put a dressing of um, pomegranate juice or molasses, lemon juice, orange juice, and some cold-pressed avocado oil. Um, you could sprinkle some Meredith goat's feta on top Ooh. and some pistachio nuts to make it even more elaborate. But I think that's a nice one for Christmas coming up, but also one for the beauty conscious, Indeed. which is a very lovely So hopefully you've enjoyed our show today. We've had the wonderful Marina Pryor on and hearing about her beautiful New Year's uh, Eve program um, and show there. Uh, Looking forward to hearing more from her about what she's got coming up. Um, Next week we are not here. You're not? We are going, well, I am going (laughs) away uh, for the long weekend. So if you're a cup goer, Enjoy, yes, but it could luck. be a bit soggy. Could be a bit of a slow track. Oh, indeed, I'm a heavy one, indeed. And However, uh, I'm not one for gambling, so I'm not a big proponent. No, of, we of have some some of the poor some issues with that, the, uh, yes. the industry. We yes, do, yes. Um, but oh, don't forget, of course, Halloween. I hope the kids aren't going to be washed away, washed out too. Oh, of course, all that. That's coming up very soon. That's right. But um, anyway, we hope that you enjoy your time out, and we will be back on Monday, November the seventh, with I do believe our film critic Jess and uh, maybe another guest as well. We will indeed. So from us, um, Prime Perspectives up next, it is ciao for now. Adios. And my CD didn't go off as planned, but let's have the news. How about that? That is always important at this time of night. Um, Enjoy our six o'clock news. Uh, Goodbye, everyone, and um, see you on the 7th. Yes, Mm -hmm. two weeks' time. That's where we're heading. Ciao.